It isn't every day that we read from the book of Leviticus, probably why Don gave us a little background there, the crazy laws that we no longer deem necessary, whether it pertains to how to keep slaves, how to keep our food, or what to do with women. It is clear that we don't adhere to most of these old laws. Most of them we view as outdated. Yet, this one passage of Leviticus made its way into our common lectionary. This passage was deemed valuable of something we can always learn from. Across times and across places, this we can learn from. A fun fact for you, Leviticus records more words from God than any other book in the Bible. These quotes coming from God as Moses recorded them, repeatedly, just as Don said, repeats the phrase, I am the Lord. At the beginning you hear, you shall be holy, for I am the Lord, and I am holy. This section of Leviticus lays out specifically the laws for neighborly holiness. Now, in Israel, their meaning, their definition for the word holiness is slightly different here. It was referred to as godness of God, the characteristics, that in which makes us like God. Israel had to maintain this type of holiness, this type of godness, to live alongside God, or so they thought. And these rules, laws for being in God's likeness, in God's presence, they honestly sound a lot like Jesus hundreds of years later. Plan ahead to be able to provide food for the poor, the traveler, the foreigner. Don't steal or lie. Don't curse God's name. Give to people what is theirs. Don't make fun of people and don't exclude them. Be true to everyone, treating everyone with respect and dignity. Don't make money off of others. And don't say rude things about people. Have forgiveness in your heart and let love be your motivator. These are the equivalents of what's in the small section on neighborly love. This means that we should plan and budget for helping people, just as our outreach ministry does here in this church knowing that a portion will be provided for others. Now, during the Levitical law, people couldn't say who could and who could not take the extra grain or fruit or vegetables from the edges and corners of their fields. They couldn't say which poor or foreign travelers could partake. Anyone who had need, without exception, was welcome to eat. 
to take those portions. We should be honest and true with ourselves and how we love people. Not being choosy as to who we love, but loving all. Giving to all who say they need help without judgment, without everything that seems to come normally and naturally to us. But instead, serving them, giving to them with respect and human dignity. And not holding resentment toward God for making us do it. It's a hard thing to do. It's hard, even in this example, to prepare soil, to plant and tend the seed, to water it, to nurture it until harvest. And to not be able to take all that we've worked so hard to grow. It's hard to see others come along and take what we feel they haven't earned. It's far too easy for us to judge others, even without knowing them, without knowing their names or their story, where they have been. That's normally the way we look at things. Unfortunately, it's our norm. But when we follow these Levitical neighborly rules, it means we have to get past our previous learnings, past our previous experiences. Put bluntly, we have to get over ourselves. We have to be able to do the really hard things, like giving to anyone who's in need and forgiving people. Yeah, that's a hard one. It's a hard one for a lot of us. And people... That means all people. We have to forgive our families. We have to forgive those that we work alongside. We have to forgive those that we live alongside, our neighbors. We have to forgive ourselves. According to this law, when we are just, then we're just to everyone. When we treat others with respect and dignity, when we give to others what is theirs, we are in God's company. When we make the world a safer place for others, we're in God's company. When we see a need and act on it, when we sense someone needs help, when we are kind for no reason at all, we are in God's company. Being a parent, I sometimes quite often get asked, why? Why do we have to do chores? Why do I have to tell them thank you? Can't they already see that I'm thankful? Why do we need to be able to cook? Why do we need to be able to do laundry? Why do we have to clean our rooms? Why do we have to go to school, the doctor, the grocery store again? It's a never-ending series that boils down quite simply to because I'm your parent. I imagine God saying that when he's telling this to Moses and reminding him over and over, I am the Lord. I tell my kids every time after reminding them that I'm the parent, 
that my job as a parent is to teach you how to be a good and responsible member of society by the time you turn 18. There are different aspects of that. Some involves teaching you how to be able to live on your own. Some involve learning how to live in community with others, to contribute and genuinely be a good person. Yes, it takes effort, extra effort to be a good person sometimes. Unfortunately, it can feel like work. Our inner self fights with what we try to make our outer selves do. Being the good that we see in the world is how others see our Godness. Being good, being loving and kind is how we become the image of God. We all need guidance at times, just as our, children's, our children do. Societies, they have rules and laws so that we can govern ourselves, so that we know to stop at the traffic light and the intersection and not continue to hit each other. God, in this writing, is doing this very thing. That for the Levites. Now, my kids are all young, but I still tell them, when you go to do something, think, is it good? If it's good, if it's kind, if it's loving or caring, if you would want someone to do it for you, then do it. If you wouldn't want it done to you, or if it would make someone sad or hurt, don't do it. It's work sometimes to be good, to do good, but hard work is good work, and good work is sometimes hard. The more you put into it into practice, I won't say it gets easier. I don't know that I believe that. The more you put it into practice, I won't say it's more likely that you're to see the love and kindness and goodness and generosity of others. I won't even say that you're going to see it change the world around you. Because honestly, it takes time. Repeated goodness over and over again, just as many times as it takes us as parents to remind our kids of all the little things along life's way that we tell them to do. Don't run in the sanctuary. Tie your shoes. Say thank you. Say please. They're magic words. As many times as we tell them, that's how many times we have to keep doing things before we ever see it. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged as you continue to be good in this world, as you continue to be Godness in this world. Be love and light. Give someone a reason to have hope in God through God's humanity. The world's a hard place sometimes, and we could all use a little neighborly love along the way. Amen.